What we're going to talk about today is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and as my, our eyes are closed, if you want to sneak out because you don't want to be uncomfortable today, now's the time. <clears throat> Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. Father, we ask as we open your word today, as we dive in, as we talk about marriage, uh, God, that, that we can understand that you have a design for it, and um, God, that, that, that we, uh, that the reason you have a design is so we can, we can align with, with that design and we can live a life that um, is full, as you say, uh, and as you've communicated to us. Uh, so God, as we open your word, as we dive in, as we talk about different things, um, Lord, let us, uh, when we get uncomfortable in a situation, let, let, us, let us settle in and hear what you're saying to us in that. Uh, let us not put up a defense. Uh, l- let us hear your words and um, respond accordingly uh, to them. So, Father, um, w- w- I need your help today with this uh, because uh, it, it is going to be tough. But, God, I, I know that it's, um, it's going to bring you glory, and that's, that's our prayer. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. No one left yet. Uh, awesome. All right, so let's do this. We're in this series about, uh, we're, we're talking about God's design. It's called By Design. We're talking about God's design for different things. Last week we talked about love. Uh, this week we're going to talk about marriage. Now remember when I talked, uh, and I told us last week, that when we uh, are, are discuss, discussing each one of these things, this is not an exhaustive uh, discussion. We're not going to solve all of the problems. What we're doing is we're looking at what God says about each one of these, uh, these topics here. So I, I, I didn't get any pushback this week uh, or this past week about something I said, which is, doesn't mean that, you, that I didn't offend anybody. But, uh, and it's not my, it's not my intent to, to offend anybody. But I, I know that when we're talking about things like love and marriage and sex and money and parenting and all these different things, uh, when we're talking about them, it can stir some feelings up inside of us. And those feelings aren't bad. Um, one of the things that I want us to, to, to do is today, and, and, and maybe, here, let's do this first. Let, let, let's take a little poll. Because I, I, already I, can, I, I know that there, there's someone in here thinking, I'm not married, or so if, if, if I'm not married, this doesn't apply to me. So I want to take a, a, a little poll here uh, by a show of hands. Um, how, how many married folk do we have in here? Okay, keep, keep, keep your hands up. How, how many have been married? Put your hand up. Have been married at one, one, one point or another? All right. How many want to be married? You can't put married folk, you can't put your hands down. <laughs> Okay. Jason, you better get your hand up. All right, all right. So, okay, all right, put your hands down. If you're look, that was everybody. So you're either married, you've been married, you want to be married. It, it, every, everybody is in this same group. So to, if the thought is in your head right now um, that, uh, well, this isn't going to apply to me in my situation today, you are dead wrong because it is going to. Uh, our, our talk today, I... I hope that it actually it pushes you to a point to, to look at marriage a little bit differently or to reevaluate the way in which you understand and you view your understanding of marriage. So, as we did last week, I want to talk about like the, um, what, 
what the world sees or what the world defines marriage as. Because I think the big conflict is that the world's view of marriage has skewed our understanding of God's design for it. Now, I'm going to throw this, uh, this little definition out. Do not try to write this down because it's a long one, but just listen along as, I, as I'm saying this. Because this is a, a, a commonly accepted definition of marriage. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as I'm saying this, I want to say it, like, not all of it is wrong. So, bear with me here. So, this definition is a formal union and social and legal contract between two individuals that unites their lives legally, economically, and emotionally. The contractual marriage agreement usually implies that the couple has legal obligations to each other throughout their lives or until they decide to divorce. Being married also gives legitimacy to sexual relations within the marriage. All right, I got that definition from a website, and we know if it's online, it's true, right? The spruce is where I got that, because I actually Googled it. I Googled it, like, and I found the best one, and I think that it captures a lot here. Because when we're talking about it, it just talks about a formal union in this legal contract, which are, okay, that's great, but it says in between two individuals. Uh, we're going to see and we know that it's not just between two individuals, it's between a man and a woman. Um, I know that that is not what uh, our society teaches us, and that everybody gets to express their, their sexuality and everything how they want. Uh, in, in a few weeks when we talk about sex, we're going to talk about this even more. But understand that it is not between um, two women or two men, it's between marriage as God designed it, it's between a man and a woman. All right, and, and again, I'm not going to not going to uh, uh, jump too much on that today. Uh, it'll be for another time. But look at this, where it, it does talk about uh, that it implies this legal obligation, but it also goes on to say that it's to uh, or throughout uh, the legal obligation to each other throughout their lives, or until they decide to divorce. That's something we're going to talk about today. So um, already you can start to get a, a, a little bit uncomfortable. That's okay. But it also goes on to say that it gives legitimacy to sexual relations. Um, it, it's interesting to me that as we're going through this, uh, uh, this, this idea of, of um, sex and sexual relations and everything keeps coming up over and over and over again in each one of these designs. Uh, I'm, this, is, this is all for free. I think that the reason this is is because um, I know that we're a bunch of sanctified, glorified, chicken-fried people inside here, but... Um, that, that, that is in front of our eyes all the time. The, I mean, sexuality is in front of our eyes all of the time, and it does affect us. So I, I think that there's a reason why, um, as we're going through this, this is a, a, a predominant um, topic that comes up. But understand that in marriage, as we're going to see, and I, that marriage is not just so you can have sex. And that's where some people think that it's, it's to legitimize, uh, to, legit, to make legitimate sexual relations. Yes, that's part of it, but that's not, that's not why God designed it. So with this, with that, with that understanding, with that definition, this is where we're going to launch off into trying to uh, understand, okay, we understand what the world thinks and what the world says of marriage, I want us to look at what God says of marriage, and what I want us to do is, is align with his, his design. 
All right? We want to align with his design because in his design for everything, that is where there's, there, there's blessing, but there's not only blessing, there's peace. And, and I think that, that, that a lot of people really want that. Where we're trying to find peace in our lives, well, if we align with his design, that's where we will find that peace. Because outside of God, there is no peace. He makes that very, very, very clear. So, that's where we're going to be today. Who's excited already? All right. I have in my notes here, in big red letters here, caution. Because I want us to be cautious about this. Now, um, there may be... I should have said will be, but there may be something that you don't like or makes you feel uncomfortable in today's message. So the, chances are, they're, 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 maybe there already has, but my intent is not to make you feel uncomfortable. My intent is to understand that you, the, the, the reality is you're probably going to, but when you feel that, that's all right. It, it, it's, it, it's totally all right because the, the fact of the matter is you're not alone. You're not alone. If you have that feeling that, that, well, this is kind of making me kind of creepy, and I don't understand, I don't know what to do, um, just, just relax. Because he, here, here's my, my request. And my request is that you don't get defensive. I, I, I know that that's kind of like our, our fight or flight top, you know, that's, that's the way in which we, we operate. But my, my request, and this is just me, my request, I'm not going to give you a Bible verse to say that you have to do this, but my request is that you don't get defensive, but you hear what's being said. And you receive it, and then as you're receiving it, you're weighing it against, okay, the words that are coming in, you're weighing it against the feelings in which you're feeling. Now, as you're weighing it against the feelings in which you're feeling, this unsettledness that you may have, I want us to, to, to just be open to the possibility that the reason that you're having this unsettledness, the reason that you may be feeling this certain way, is because God is trying to speak to you in a certain area. Now, why I say this is because I, I believe that as a lot of times when we have these, I don't know what to do here, and it, it, it's kind of um, that, 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 that moment where you're like Tommy Boy, and you're like going, remember Tommy Boy? I know you're chicken fried people, I get it. So I understand, glorify whatever it is. Uh, so I understand that, that those moments that, that, that we don't really know what to do, I believe that God is, is, wants us, or has us right where, we, where he wants us in, in those moments. So what I want us to do is as you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, as you're feeling a little bit like I want to throw something at him. Um, remember we talked last week, I got good reflexes. I can get out of the way, so don't, it's, you're, you're wasting, you're wasting. Oh, really? I don't have good reflexes? Oh, yeah, not, yeah, but I can move. So anywho, we will talk later, wife. Uh, you, you will see today that we're not going to be in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be in, in Genesis chapter 2. You can go there if you want. But what, what I want you to do is, is as these, these areas are being identified, be open to the fact that, that maybe God wants to be a Lord over that area in your life. And it, maybe it's a lordship issue. What do you mean by lordship? Well, maybe there's an area that's in, that's in your life that you haven't completely surrendered to God. In, in the confines here of marriage, or your understanding of marriage, that you haven't completely surrendered to God, and he's, he's pushing you like, okay, just listen, just listen. Now, in that, 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 that feeling, well, it can't be, I don't like that. It, I'm not going to be here, and I'm not going to be the one to say, well, that's the devil attacking you. No, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's an attack. I'm, I'm, I, I'm convinced that it will be a, a spiritual attack, but the attack in which, which you're feeling is going to be your flesh crying out. 
Because we have three enemies, the, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And, and nine times out of ten, it's our own flesh that doesn't like something and wants to rebel against what's going on or what's being, what's being taught or what you're hearing. And what do, we do, what do we need to do? Well, we have control over our flesh. We can put to death our flesh. That's why I want to identify that. So as, you're, as this is going on inside of you, just, just be aware of what it is. This is an area in, in which action needs to, to take place. If you don't know what the action is that needs to take place after we spend our, our, our time together, um, I, I told you before, you got to get a hold of us. Get, get a hold of me, get a hold of one of the elders. Let, let us help you uh, through whatever, whatever it is you're, you're, you're dealing with. Because the, the last thing that, that, that I want to do is come up here and give a message and think, hey, everybody got this. Because at the end of the day, I had somebody send me something yesterday, which was just very timely, that, you know, it's not my job to, to build a big church, right? It, the Bible says that Christ is going to build the church. It's, it's my job as a pastor, it's our job as the elders in this church to uh, make mature disciples of, of Jesus Christ. And, and that just doesn't happen by some bald dude standing up here telling you a whole bunch of stuff. It's a, by hearing it and then putting it into action. So as you're hearing this and as you're, you're thinking about, about this, as your flesh is starting to say, I don't like this, man, that's, just, that's an awesome place to be, honestly, if you ask me. Because that's where you, you know that you're in the hands uh, 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 of the, uh, the potter. You're just clay in his hands and he's molding you. And he's going to mold you into the image in which he wants because his image of you is way better than your image of you. Even though we try to so hard and so diligently try to portray the certain image, let's, let's just accept the image in which God has for us, the design in which He has for us. So, we're drawing from God's Word. We are going to be in uh, Genesis chapter 2. The reason that we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2 is this is the way in which God designed marriage and this is, yes, there are many other places within inside of the Scripture that we can draw very good principles for marriage, but I wanted to start back at the beginning. So, with that, let me read Genesis chapter 2. As I turn there, um, it's probably, it's on page 2 of your Bibles, if you have one like mine. I want to read, I'm going to read through 4 through 25. I'm not going to explain it, probably not, I'm just, but I want to read it, and then we're going to talk about this. Now, before I start, this is the second telling of the creation. This is not another creation. Throw that garbage out the window when people say, well, there's two creation accounts in the Bible. It's the same thing. This is like a condensed version of the, the, the details in which have already been explained in chapter 1. So, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Verse 5, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, there was no, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land, and was watering the whole face of the ground, then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Just a, a side note, this is for free. This is what distinguishes us from all of other creation is that God breathed life into us. All right. 
So if anybody asks, well, what, well, why are we different than dogs or cats or whatever? Because God breathed life into us. He formed the other. He made, he created the other ones. But he not only formed us, he breathed life into us. Uh, verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, there were in sorry, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made the Lord God made uh, to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the side and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the, the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first was Pison. It is, uh, it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. I, no, there's no leprechauns there. Uh, well, I don't think. Well, not, not yet. So maybe that's where leprechauns come from. I don't know. And the gold of that land is good. Like there's bad gold. I don't know. Uh, Bedellum and onyx stones are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is Tigris which flows east of, the, east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Verse 15, and, or, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and keep it. I always like this to, to point out that you know, uh, work is not a result of the fall. This is what we are intended to do. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of the tree of the, of the, or every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that, or that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, or some may, of your translations may say, but for the man, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the, God, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. I love that, 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 that um, the, 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 the word there, made. It really says, it, it's, it means built. Like, he put time into it. And, and some of you men here are thinking, yeah, because my wife is very complex. I get it. All right. No, he built the, the woman. Uh, verse 23, Then the man said, This is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Uh, just a, a, a free note here. This isn't going to be in, in the, the sermon here. This is, this is just an addition. I use this, uh, this text when I'm doing wedding ceremonies because I, I like the, the, this, this picture that is given uh, here that the, the rib was taken from the man to create uh, the woman. Now, I, the reason I like that is because it wasn't a, a, um, a, a head bone where so the, the, the woman could lord over the man and it wasn't a foot bone so that the man could trounce and tromp, trample over and, and stand upon the woman. It was a rib bone because they are to be uh, side by side. 
And it talks about a helper. Uh, they are to complement one another. It's not a superiority-inferiority thing here. This is a complementarian view of their side by side. I love that, that view. Um, so that was for free. But listen, as we're, as we're reading this today, as I just read this account, I want to point out one thing that is very obvious uh, for most of you that are in here. Some of you might... This might be news, but um, one thing that's very obvious is chapter 2 comes before chapter 3. Some of you are like, uh, <laughs> I don't get it. Here's what we have to understand. This is the way in which God designed, and in chapter 2, He explains this. In chapter 3, if we know our Bible, uh, in chapter 3 is the fall. In chapter 3 is where sin entered into the world, and because sin entered into the world, things got distorted. Now, why do I, I say this? Well, because I want us to understand and we need to identify that God's design for marriage precedes the fall. All right? The way in which He designed marriage to be, it precedes, it comes before the fall. But what we have to also be aware of is just because it comes before the fall, the fall doesn't negate it. What it does is it skews it and it, it, it makes us misunderstand it and uh, not uh, um, really uh, see what it is that God has, it, it has intended and designed marriage to be. Because sin, what, what sin does is sin uh, separates. Sin fractures everything. Sin skews everything. So what, what, what we're going to do is when we read through this, and I've got five points for you. And uh, we're doing good on time. So I got five points for you, uh, um, and these are five observations in which um, I made as I'm reading through this text, and as I'm reading through the design that God has for or, ha or has for marriage prior to the fall. But I have one big idea for you, and the big idea is this: God's design for marriage communicates a bigger picture, or you could say a greater reality. So I want you to, to, to keep in mind, as we're, we're talking about marriage, understand that God's design for marriage, it, it, the, the end goal is not the husband and the wife. There is a bigger picture there or a greater reality that is involved in God's design for marriage. And I hope that that will help us as we do talk about some of these things that are going to be uncomfortable. Understand that why God designed it to be this way. And then we'll wrap it all up at the end talking a little bit about like the, how all these things come together to, to make this statement uh, true. So, we still, we still tracking here? We still, everybody on board with me? Alright. First one. Marriage was a part of God's design for creation. Uh, we see this in, in this uh, account. We, we see this um, from verse 4 all the way through verse uh, uh, 25 here. <coughs> Excuse me. That marriage was a part of God's design for creation. So being a part of God's design, this was, uh, it was part of God's intention for humanity from the beginning. Okay, okay, Lee, what's the big, what's the big deal? Well, what we have to understand is marriage was not something thought up or made up by man. Therefore, 
If we look at this, if it was made by God, we understand that in, in its uh, uh, creation, it was created perfect, it was created complete, it was created whole, however you want, want to look at this. that it, it, was, it was created before this fall. So we have to understand that it was created by God, and it's not man's idea. Well, we also need to understand that marriage forms the basis for the family, which is the primary unit in our society. This is the first human relationship that we see inside of Scripture, is, the, the, is marriage. I believe that that's why this is such, that marriage is so under attack in our society today. Because at its core, it's the backbone. It's the building block of society. If we can disrupt marriages, we can disrupt communities. I put down here my notes that where marriage, where marriage flourishes, it blesses both the couple and the community. I think that that's why we, I want to help, and I mean, that's our small group. The small group that Shannon and I are doing is, is focusing on, on couples, life together, because I want us to have strong marriages. Because I believe that we have strong marriages with inside of our church. We have strong marriages with inside of our community. Yeah, maybe something can change around us. Maybe we can be an impact to the, 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 the bigger picture. But uh, we understand that marriage is important. It's that, 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 uh, uh, that primary unit. I also think that, that marriage impacts children. I, I think that, that strong marriages, uh, I mean, and I don't have any statistics to back up and to back this up, I just know by um, uh, my, my time as being your pastor for the last 10 years, I've seen a lot of different things. And I, as I'm, I'm looking at, at marriages and I'm looking at children, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, please, again, remember, we're, we're, it, this might be one of those, those times, like, I'm not saying if you have a bad marriage, you're going to have bad kids. I'm not saying that. Could it be? It, it could be. But, but kids catch things. They're caught. They, they, things are caught more than they are taught. So I, what I say is that it does. We can't think that our uh, relationship with our spouse does not affect our kids. Because I, I know that, that when um, our kids were, were young, I mean, before uh, God got a hold, a hold of me, I had never even thought about how, you know, Shannon and I getting along would even affect, you know, our, our kids. At that time, it was just uh, Haley and Moose, and they were young. I was like, eh, that doesn't matter. No, I look back now, and I'm like, I was dumb. Because it, it clearly affects our kids. So just, just keep that in mind and understand that this creation or this design that God had from creation um, for marriage, it has, it has this purpose. It had, he had a plan for this. And this is a primary unit of the society around us. And, and I know that no one wants to, to live in a bad society. So you, you're not, you're, I mean, you're here in Atwater, Ohio, and you're not in Los Angeles. Uh, and no, no you know, offense to Los, Los Angeles, but it's a little bit different there. So understand that society in which we live in, you have a choice in that. And, and I think that as we're talking about the building blocks and we're talking about the foundation of society, it, it, it's paramount that we, we highlight or, or we, we raise marriage to under, for us to understand that it has very, very great importance in all of this. So that first point, marriage is part of God's design for creation. That's verses 4 through 25. And you're like, well, that was all of them, so we're done. No, now we're going to break it down a little bit more. Number two. Uh, marriage was designed to provide companionship. Now, we see this in verses 18 through 23. Uh, and, and what we have here is understanding that th this providing companionship is what God said. Now, remember, 
I know that some will be like, well, wait a second, I'm, I, I don't have, I'm not married right now. I don't have a, a companion right now. Again, remember, this is the way in which God designed it before the fall. Uh, things happen. Uh, I, I know that, that we have, have uh, some that, that, that have lost their, their, their spouse. I, I, I get that. I understand that. I'm not, I want us to understand that death was because of the fall. It, it, it's a part of that. And what we're going to see also is this, that, that maybe some are, are, are not with a, a spouse because of, of divorce. We're going to talk about that a little bit too. So if, you are, if you're not uncomfortable, here it comes. It's, it's coming, right? But understand this. Look at, at, at verse 18. Then the Lord God said, <laughs> let that sink in for one second. That does not say, then Lee Kackner said. Junior. It doesn't say that, 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 that Lee Cactor said. No, it says the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone. So un- understand that, that, that this, this, um, the way in which God designed it is for man to have a companion. And, and a companion is one that is the, the, the close, intimate relationship to one another. Understand this as well. This is the most intimate human relationship in which we are intended to have. I'll expound a little bit more on that in a second, but I I think that we have to understand that this is the way in which God designed this to be. I love how uh, Jay Adams puts it. He says this. He said, God made most of us so that we would be lonely without an intimate companion with whom to live. Now he said, wait a second. He said most. Well, remember, this is after the fall, Remember now that we, we, we know for fact, because even Paul, the Apostle Paul, talked about that some are called by God to be alone. Maybe it is a, 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 a season in their life. Maybe it might be a whole lifelong uh, journey. Uh, one great theologian by the name of John Stott, never, never married. He, he was, because he, was, he, he felt the calling by God to focus all of his attention on uh, uh, learning and teaching and, and living for God, he never, he never got married. Now, understand that, that if God designed, us, or designed marriage to provide companionship, and there are some that are single, I don't want anybody to think, well, I must just be sinful because I'm, I'm single. I'm not saying that at all. We have to understand is because sin entered into the world, there's an exception to the rule now. It's not the rule, it's an exception to the rule. Maybe God wants you to be this way for a season. Maybe God wants you to, uh, to, to, to get your attention and, and, and knows that if you were in a, 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 a marriage relationship that you wouldn't give Him your full attention. Maybe. That's just one, one case. Anybody that has been married for more than a day understands that marriage takes work and is exhausting at times. And all God's people say, amen, right? It, it, it can be. So, so maybe, maybe that, 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 yes, we know that God designed it to be this way, but we also know that the fall happened and, and there, there's separation from God's design. That doesn't negate God's design, but what that means is we have to understand, we have to look at what God has designed, and now we're, we're, this is one of those points where we've got to kind of, look, kind of reflect now. What, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? Am I, am I in a, 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 a situation that I, I am single? And, and, and am I in this situation because maybe, maybe uh, or I'm in this situation because this is where um, I need to be right now? 
Well, glory to God if you are, because let, let Him work in that situation. What you don't want to do is be in that situation... And, and let the devil just work and, and, and pound on you and say, oh, it's because of this and it's because of that and you're worthless and no one loves you and you're not pretty enough or you're not handsome enough or you're not smart enough. No, what if God wants you right there, right now? And, and, and we have to be comfortable with that. Let's move on. Number three. So we have that, that, that marriage was part of God's design for creation. We have that marriage was designed to provide companionship. Number three. Marriage was designed to be a committed, exclusive relationship. I, I think that's something that you can get this, uh, you can buy the, the, um, just the, the, the title of the, that, that, that point there, the wording in that point, you can get, okay, yes, it's committed. It, it, it's, there's a, a devotion, there's a dedication between one another. Because it says there in verse 23 and 24. Verse 23 and 24. It says, Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Well, we have to understand there's a commitment, but there's an exclusivity as well. Because what has to happen is that man and woman, woman and man, have to learn to rely on one another. What, 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 we, cannot, what we cannot overlook in this statement here is the primary human relationship. I told you that we were going to come back to this. I told you there, there in the first point that this is God's intention, but this is the primary human relationship. This is the most intimate marriage is to be the most intimate relationship in which uh, God designed for humans to, to, to experience. But being the primary human relationship, and this is, not, this, is, this is definitely not popular today, but being the primary human relationship the marriage relationship is to trump all, not Donald Trump either, it is to trump, is to be paramount to, to be above all other human relationships. Well, wait a second, I really, I, I, I really love my sister. I really, I, it doesn't say you have to hate them. Well, maybe you want to, but it, it, it's, it, what this says is that the primary human relationship here no other human relationship is designed to replace that. That means mom, daughter, dad, son, dad, daughter, mom, son. It, it, no other human relationship is meant to replace that. It doesn't mean that, that, that I mean, it does mean that, that what, what I, my relationship with my, my wife trumps my relationship with my son. My relationship with my, my, my daughters. Well, I, you, yeah, but I'm really close. I'm closer with my kids than I am with my, 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 my wife. Or I'm closer with my kids than I am with my husband. Just because that's true doesn't make that right. But because we have to understand that the way in which God designed it is that the husband and the wife is to be the primary human relationship. Because when that's fractured, because what happens is when that's fractured, one is going to seek uh, counsel and, and seek a satisfaction in other, in other areas. And what we have to understand is that's not the way in which God designed it to be. 
God did not design, and I know this is a hard truth for a lot of people that are sitting inside this room. This is a hard truth for me sometimes because Shannon doesn't always get me my ice cream. <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is the, the relationship in the way, way God designed this to be is that our relationship, my relationship with my wife, has to be, has to be, has to be paramount to all other human relationships. Notice I'm saying human relationships? Not, not, exactly, not, not, not our relationship with God. It's God first, spouse second, then kids, then your pastor. Then, oh, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that one, I can put that in there. Uh, but, but understanding that it is exclusive. It, it is understanding that if, if we're sitting here and we're like, I don't have that exclusivity and that commitment to my spouse, and I have it with someone else, that's not the way in which God designed things to be. You're frustrated for a reason. There are things going on in your life for a reason because you're not aligned with God's design. I'm not using that to hit you over the head. I'm just speaking God's, God's truth here. It's understanding this. So, if that wasn't hard enough, number four, marriage was designed to be for life. Verse 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This one flesh relationship certainly involves sexual union. No, no doubt, it, it does, but it also includes a husband and wife becoming one spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and one to become one. And I, 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 I love how it's said in the King James in, in Matthew chapter 19, what God unites, let not man put asunder. It's not a word we use, asunder, I get it, but let not man divide. I know that there's some sitting in this room that, wait, wait a second, I'm divorced, so does that mean that I'm not living the way in which God wants me? Here, when Jesus was confronted with divorce in Matthew chapter 19, you don't have to go there now, but go there on your own time. Read about what Jesus says about that. He combats the question about divorce by redirecting them back to, well, that's the way, yeah, Moses gave you the, 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 the divorce decree or, or, or the ability to do that, but that's not the way in which God designed it, and he refers back to Genesis chapter 2. But he says the reason that happened was because of hardness of heart, because sin entered into the world that took place. So what I don't want is anybody that's sitting here like, well, wait a second, I'm divorced, so then I'm, you know, I'm... I'm a second-class citizen, or you know, I'm not following what God wants me to do. No, what I want you to do is I want you to see the way in which God designed it to be in the beginning. And understand that sin entered into the world and, and, and stuff happens. Right? And I love the, the fact that you, you've heard me say a, a, a you know, hundred times before, you can't unscramble scrambled eggs, but what you could do is you can either stop eating scrambled eggs, because if you're allergic to them, they'll make you really sick, then you can't get the flu vaccine, Right? Ain't that what they say? <laughs> Anywho, but you can't undo this. But what we can do is we, our, our, our future could be different because of this. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that, that divorce is a deviation. It's clearly a deviation from uh, God's design in creation. And it's all because of sin entering into the world. So God designed it to be this way. But because, remember, chapter 3 comes after chapter 2. 
Here's something else I want you to, to understand about chapter 3. Because I think in, in, in what we all look at in, in Genesis chapter 3 is we look at the fall. We look at, at, at how the, the serpent came and deceived Adam and Eve and, and sin, sin entered into the world. But what we forget, or maybe we, we overlook at, in verse uh, uh, 15 of chapter 3, is what they call the, the Proto-Evangelion. Which is the Proto-Evangelion just means the first telling of the gospel. Meaning, in Genesis chapter 3, when it says that, 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 that there will be one that, that crushes the head of that serpent, that is the first uh, prophecy given to what Christ is going to do. So what we have to understand is, yes, that, that sin comes into the world, but even when sin first entered into the world, God already had a plan. So we, when we're looking at this, and yes, God's design is fractured, but He still had a plan. When we're looking at, at all of these points here, and we're saying, oh, man, I, 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 I messed up, or man, I can't do this. Understand that the gospel gives us hope. God's in the restoration business. He's in the redeeming and the restoration business, and He's got a, a, a good clientele. I could just say that. Because we all are jacked. And, and, we're, and I love, you know, you've heard me say this, I, we're all jacked and we need Jesus, right? We, we understand that sin has entered into the world and, and, and because he designed it this way, and we've messed it up, but what he designed, he wants to get us back to. The whole Bible, it starts in the garden and it ends in the city, but the whole Bible is about restoring us back to that, that garden setting. Back to that, 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 that perfection. Let me go on or we'll be here all day. So that was number four. Again, so if you're uncomfortable with that, you want to talk more about this whole divorce thing and um, this for life thing, I, I, I welcome you. Let me know. Let's talk. Let's chat. I don't have all the answers, but we, we can walk through this together. So that's number four. Number five. Ooh, this is the fun one. This for me was the, 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 is the toughest out of all five here. Marriage was designed as a safe and secure environment where intimate relationship could thrive. We see this in verse 25. And the man and, the, and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Their nakedness suggests that they were at ease with one another without any fear of ex exploitation or any potential for evil. It, it, their, their nakedness shows that they had nothing to hide from one another. They didn't have anything to hide from anything. They were, here, here it is. There was nothing to cover. They had no shame. They had no guilt. They had uh, no embarrassment. They had no remorse. Just think about that for one, just one second. Because this is like, man... If, if, if you're sitting here and, you, and you've been kind of bummed so far, like marriage, this, this stinks. I think I'm going to listen to Paul where he says that, you know, it'd be better if you didn't marry, you know? Yeah, I think it's in First, first uh, Corinthians 7. Read it. But anywho, if you're thinking that, just, just, just think this. Understand this. The way in which God designed it is to be, marriage to be the safest, most secure, intimate relationship in which you could have. That's the way in which God designed this to be. I love how, how it, go, it, it explains. Like if we were to do a little bit of word study here and look at the, the, the Hebrew word here that, that's uh, translated, we're not ashamed. 
It's, it's used in a, as a customary verb, but it's, what, what that means is it's used in a, uh, um, uh, a, a, as a normal condition. Just think about that for a second. So they, they, they were not ashamed. They were naked and not ashamed. That was, that was normal. That was how they went about life. That was their way of life. They didn't have to worry about what's, what's he thinking of me or what's she thinking of me or what's this happening, what's that. There was nothing there. There was, there was complete unity there. When we're, when we're looking at this, we have to ask ourselves that question, like, is my marriage, and this is why I say that, that I struggle, because I have my, my, own, my own problems too, right? But I have to ask myself, is my marriage that safe and secure place? Is it a safe and secure environment where, where intimate relationship could thrive? Now, when I'm saying intimate relationship, I'm not talking I'm not talking just sex. Well, I'm talking about being vulnerable with one another. Being able to, to actually fulfill the vows in which you take when you get married, in sickness and in health, and poverty and in wealth, and whatever, blah, 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 blah. The rest of that stuff that's in there. In the good times and the bad times, and the good days, and the sunshine rays, and whatever. But... Being able to fulfill all that, 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 that's like where we want to be. It's the way in which it should be. Because that's the way in which God designed it to, to, to be. If we're, if we're thinking like, man, that's not, that's not me, okay. Remember, because of the fall, this, this, this is not the way in which God designed things to be now. But what, what we can do is through the, the, the grace of His gospel, through God and His mercy and His love and His passion for us, that that, that could be our goal. That can be our goal. So if you're, if you're married now, that should be your goal. If you're not married yet, that should be your goal. You know what? If, you, if you've been married and, and now you're not, maybe you look back on your life and say, okay, how can I help a married couple now? How can I help this next generation? How can I help someone so that they can do better at that? Remember, this whole topic of marriage, it impacts everyone. So marriage was a part of God's design for creation. Marriage was designed to provide companionship. Marriage was designed to be a committed, exclusive relationship. Marriage was designed to be for life. Marriage was designed as a safe and secure environment where intimate relationship could thrive. Remember I said the big idea is all of this, this God's design for marriage communicates a bigger picture or a greater reality. So bringing all of this together and wrapping all this up we have to understand this, that marriage is a picture of God's designed relationship between Christ and the church. The reason God designed it the way in which He designed it, and we went through all of these five points here, the reason that God designed it that way is because the marriage relationship, it anticipates, it shows, it manifests, it manifests the relationship between Christ and the church. So if we think about this, and we let this kind of, kind of sink in for, for a second. Wait a second. The relationship between Christ and the church, that was from creation. Oh, it was to, so it, the relationship between Christ and the church is so we can have companionship. Like we can have a relationship with Jesus. It was designed, it's an exclusive, it was a committed relationship. You can't serve, he says you can't serve other gods. You can't serve anyone except for Christ. It's a committed, exclusive relationship. It was designed to be for life. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to be in relationship with God now, but nah, I don't want to be in relationship with God 
Now, oh, I do, I don't, I do, I, no, 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 no. Designed for life. And it was designed as a safe and secure environment where a relationship, intimate relationship can thrive. That's the relationship, that's the, the, the picture, the greater reality of why God designed marriage the way in which he designed it. So we can better understand the relationship in which Christ has with us. So as you're, as you're thinking here and as you're, you're, you're kind of mulling over some of these points, as you're, maybe your toes are a little bit sore today, oh, it's okay. Remember, God had a plan. He had a purpose for it all. Understand that, that, that all of this is so that, so that you can be in deeper and, and clear and better relationship with Him. I don't know how to end other than just the, just the reality that I, I know that the, the whole discussion and the, the whole topic of marriage can make some uneasy because bad decisions or maybe some, some decisions were outside of your control. And it's still, it's still uneasy and you just don't know what, what to do about it. Well, what you can do about it is we can learn more about it. And we can understand why God did what he did. Why he designed it the way in which he designed it. So that's, that, that's my, again, that, that's my, my prayer, my request for, for, for you all is like, I, I want to see strong marriages inside of our church. So I want to see a strong church. We can't have a strong church if we don't have strong marriages. I didn't say perfect marriages. Because anybody in here says, well, our marriage is perfect. You're a liar. <laughs> again, if you've been married more than... 30 seconds, your marriage is not perfect because there's two factors in that marriage that make it imperfect, the man and the woman. So understand that we need this. We need to understand who God is and what His design is. And we need to understand that, okay, sin entered into the world, but that doesn't mean that's my fate because God has plans. So let's pray. Father God in heaven, um, my prayer is that, that, that all of these words, all this stuff that we talked about today, even though some can be a little offensive uh, to, to, to some, or maybe it's not offensive, it's just like, maybe it's just, it pushes on an area that hurts a little bit. Uh, God, it, it, it's my prayer that, that we um, don't just go inward and, and, and retract because of a little bit of, of hurt or a little bit of pain or a little bit of uncomfortableness. God, it's my prayer that, that, that we uh, just seek even more what it is that you're doing, what it is that you're communicating, who it is that you are to be in our lives. Because, because God, you're enough. And when we finally get that picture, God, you say that you have, you have things that are prepared for us that just are going to blow our minds. So God, let us, uh, let us align with your design. Let us be um, faithful to the way in which you want things to be. Knowing that we've jacked some things up, but knowing that your, your, your grace outweighs our sin. We praise in your name, Jesus. Amen.